We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And Jack, we had James Harden's debut tonight, a triple-double and a win against Orlando, 122-115. And also, yeah, that guy, Kevin Durant, dropped 40-plus, too. How are we feeling, Jack? We also had Joe Harris with the haircut and no headband. Yeah. Oh, man. I guess a new chapter for Joe because he's going to be getting so many damn open threes. It's going to be ridiculous out there. Absolutely. Uh, before we get into it, as always, you can find the buzz on all streaming platforms, including otgbasketball.com, Blue Wire Pods, and netsrepublic.com. But, Jack, where do you want to start with this one? Obviously, I think it probably should be James Harden, right? Yeah, I mean, we got to get started with the, the, the big news. James Harden in his debut had 32 points, 14 assists, 12 boards, also had one block and four steals. Looked really, really good defensively. Did have the nine turnovers, and he wasn't happy about that in his post game with Michael Grady. But he's focusing on the win, and he's focusing on getting that synergy with his teammates. And his passing skills are immaculate. I think all of us do know that. It's just some of us continue to just think he's just the guy who gets to the line and the guy who shoots step back threes. But he is a complete offensive player. Yeah, I mean, he looked like a point guard tonight. And we kind of talked about it on the reaction pod. Like, he hasn't necessarily been that, like, lights-out assist leader type of guy the last couple seasons. But two years ago, I think he led the league with 12 assists a game. And he was really just running that pick-and-roll pick a ton with Capella. We saw that a lot with DeAndre Jordan. Obviously, DJ has his issues. Reggie Perry was able to capitalize. Jeff Green was able to capitalize. Nine turnovers, not amazing. But like James Harden said, it's kind of expected playing with a whole bunch of new teammates and not really knowing where they like the ball or where they like to make their cuts. So, I mean... I'm not sure he could have had a much better debut. It was just as advertised, MVP form, triple-double, 32, 14, and 12. Like, that is just kind of wild. And the Nets have two MVP-level players on your team. I think, like, not to say everything is perfect and crystal clear, but I think this relaxed a lot of people who are worried about the trade and worried about the fit. Yeah, I think that their two-man came. James Harden is going to make Kevin Durant better. Yep. Now, just just let me repeat that. James Harden is going to make Kevin Durant better. He had his best game as a Brooklyn Net, and I literally had in my notes in the first half, uh, in the second quarter, 
Kevin Durant looking rusty. And he finishes the game 42 points, 16 and 26 in the field, five assists, two steals, two blocks, six turnovers is probably what stuck out to me a little bit. But, Nick, I, I don't understand. Like, we still have to add in Kyrie freaking Irving to this roster as well. The offense has got no issues. And I was encouraged a little bit with the defense. I thought that there was good communication there. I think James Harden does add something if he continues to show the activity and engagement on that level of the floor. But, man, you, at the end of the day, there's going to be this talent that bails you out. You know, the Brooklyn Nets still gave up 115 points to the Orlando Magic without Evan Fournier. And a team that, you know, Vucevic is, is a really, really good player. And I tweeted out as I was watching the Celtics game yesterday that I'm like, man, I think Vuce is going to cook DeAndre Jordan. And Vuce cooked DeAndre Jordan. But at the end of the day, the story is James Harden and Kevin Durant and Nick some of the passing the Euro steps the the free throws in the first half it looked to me that James Harden was too selfish in my eyes yeah in the in the first half he was too selfish or too unselfish too unselfish sorry sorry yeah yeah I was gonna say Jack I, I felt the opposite <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah yeah I think he just kind of wanted to get involved get with his teammates play a little bit of point guard in that second half he kind of got a better flow feel in the game and like you said the chemistry with Kevin Durant is amazing and he's just making life so much easier for KD and he, he already knows KD's spots you know what I yeah. mean he knows where he likes to operate where to get him the ball and what they can do as a duo and this was just a taste of that and I like you mentioned Jack I really like the defense the four steel sticks out the post defense against Vucevic I felt like he did a better job than DeAndre Jordan at times he just provides the net times yeah well okay most of the time to be honest you're <laughs> correct yeah I mean I think he just provides the nets with another really strong basketball player like literally like he's one of the strongest players in the league like he for pound for pound like he's able to bang with bigs and he gives the net something in the rebounding aspect too obviously this is the first game it's a little bit of honeymoon will he maintain some of this effort on all these you know intangible plays or some of these extra hustle plays I'm not sure but at the start right now and based off what everything he's saying I feel like this is going to be the best version of James Harden we've ever seen that's a big, big statement, Nick. Well, I should say this. The best version of James Harden in terms of fitting on a team and winning and not playing James Harden basketball, like which he can do when he did and he won MVP. But this this was all in the flow of the team and all in the flow of the offense. Like nothing was – it wasn't – the ball wasn't too sticky. You know what I mean? I felt like he moved the ball pretty well and he did a good job. You know, he didn't catch and shoot every single time, but he'd take a dribble and then catch and shoot. I just feel like – you could see the fit and the basketball just made a lot of sense. And it, it seemed a lot simpler than what we've seen over, you know, parts of this season. Obviously, like I said, honeymoon phase, but still beautiful stuff out there. I mean, he took a mid-ranger. He yeah. took a mid-ranger and it looked in like in flow and in the, the sequence of the play. Some of his passes to me stuck out the most, Nick. Yep. Obviously, in transition to Joe Harris and Jeff Green, they were just truly incredible. And then somehow, off-made baskets by the Orlando Magic, he got Kevin Durant and Jeff Green going downhill. Yep. Uh, I don't understand how he did that. Yeah, I mean, you're right, Jack. Some of his passing is amazing. I mean... Not to say he's the same level passer or playmaker, but they're like Luca passes. And I mean, you can yeah. make the argument that they're similar in terms of that skill, but like a lot of the passes in the pick and roll, the no look stuff, the behind the back, the in between the legs, just like the casual pass is just so incredible to see a player pass the ball like this. And we've complained a lot this season that the Nets need a, a truest, a true point guard or at least a true playmaker. And James Harden really gives them something in the passing department that they probably were missing.
Yeah, definitely. I mean, Kevin Durant is still a great passer as yep. well. And, you know, Kyrie Irving, I think it, it eases the burden off him and allows him to play a more natural game. Like you sort of played in Cleveland alongside yep. LeBron James sort of as a facilitator on the floor. But, yeah, there was truly pass like assists plenty. you know, highlight passing plenty. But, again, for me, the, those highlights on getting be the, the timing and pace on the passes that he places is, is second to none. And, look, and, and the pick and roll passing as well, especially to Reggie Perry. I thought Reggie Perry had really quick hands. Um, DeAndre Jordan had a lot of passes that he just dropped, and he just like, dude, you're like 6'11", just like put some grippo on your hands or something. I have no idea what he's doing there, but no, he, he's gloves. Yeah, he <laughs> gloves something if it's if it's legally allowed in the NBA. But yeah, he was he was truly incredible. You know, he got the step back three. His first points were were free throws, which is uh, pretty. Yeah, pretty emblematic of what uh, James Harden does incredibly well. And I liked his work with the second unit too. I thought yeah. Steve Nash did a good job of being able to stagger the minutes. You know, James Harden and Kevin Durant still did play 40 minutes, but the Nets aren't playing for the next couple of days. There's a couple of days off for like the first time all season. And a nice little winning streak here for the Brooklyn Nets as well. So, you know, you couldn't necessarily ask for more other than, you know, the turnovers are, are, are a little bit too much. But I thought that similar with KD and James Harden, both of these guys are looking for their teammates almost too much, yeah. especially early in the game. And then once the second half kicks in, it's just like, oh, yeah, James Harden can score from anywhere on the court. Kevin Durant can score from anywhere on the court. And both of them can feed off each other and get open looks for their teammates like Joe Harris, TLC, Bruce Brown, and, and these sort of guys. It was... You know, when you have superstars, Nick, it just makes everyone better. And James Harden and Kevin Durant might be two of the five best players in the league right now. Yeah, I, I mean, that's not even a hot take either. You know what I mean? Like, that's a, an argument that a lot of people would make. And I mean, just the way he's playing right now and the energy I'm seeing from James Harden is obviously night and day from what we saw in Houston just a, a few games ago. So that, I think, is a plus. And one player that stuck out to me, and I think you posted it as well, Jack, uh, when Kevin Durant was upset with himself for missing a free throw or missing a layup, and you saw James Harden on the sideline encouraging him, I think that's just like an awesome aspect that's going to not necessarily get a ton of hype, but I think it is important. Uh, it definitely is. I mean, it got a lot of hype on Bleach Report saying that they're already building chemistry, even though that they, they were teammates for, that long. <laughs> friends for a long time, also made the finals together in OKC. Yep. But, you know, in terms of just the, having that, the, the intangible thing, which is like, come on, my dude, like, you know, it's a missed shot. And then I think yep. in the next possession, KD hit like one of his patented post-up fadeaway mid-ranges. So, you know, I, I think that just, the, it's good for camaraderie uh, overall. And I, he's sort of sh saying like, you know, to the media and like, insane Zoom call that went a little bit too late. You know, I'm going to be an elite teammate. I'm going to be an elite leader. And he's showing that. You know, I think yep. that you know, both of them uh, are going to work up each other. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how the acclimation of Kyrie Irving does go uh, when it eventually does happen. You know, we're not necessarily sure when that might will happen. There's We heard from Woj that it could happen today. And now we've heard from Steve Nash that he's not sure. And we've heard from Matt Brooks and Steve Nash that it could happen in the, in the coming days. But at this point in time, uh, it, it, he's just going to add the, uh, a giant cherry on top of an already delicious cake yeah and i think the best part about getting Kyrie also will be able to rest these guys a little bit more you mentioned the 40 minute mark you don't necessarily want to play them to that level but then when you have Kyrie, you have another person where you could stagger you know what i mean it's just kind of incredible that you're going to be able to add another an elite playmaker and scorer to this team i mean the nets are stacked i'm just kind of intrigued to see how the rest of the season goes offensively obviously defensively there was question marks especially deandre jordan but would this level of offensive talent and this level of basketball iq the Nets are just going to be incredibly tough to stop. And especially if the game is close like it was tonight. Like, it was a close game, back and forth, back and forth. And then all of a sudden, the Nets were like, you know what? We got James Harden. We got Kevin Durant. Uh, we're going to end this game. And that's what we did. 
basically, it's as simple as that at the end of the day. When you have two of the best shot makers, you know, I think eight, uh, they have three of the eight best clutch scorers in of the past, like, five years or whatever it is, um, and they're just going to get buckets. It's as simple yep. as that. Even though Bruce Brown is still the most clutch player on the We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, uh, shout out to Bruce Brown for hitting that three. You know, I think he's hit a few this season. That was obviously the biggest one. And this is a guy that I think is really going to excel. You know, we talked about a lot on the reaction pod and some of the other stuff. Having a guy like Bruce Brown is more important than ever now because he's providing you the defense, the hustle plays, and some of that energy that you really need. So, I mean, another a really nice performance from Bruce Brown. Yeah, I think that to have him out there in the closing moments is yep. showing increased confidence. And I, again, I'm liking the coaching from Steve Nash, being able to realize that, you know what, and TLC is not giving it to me here. Oh, you know what, we can't really go with DJ or Reggie Perry in these minutes. And Bruce Brown can create his shot own a little bit. Um, you know, he did do that. He got to the line a couple of times when the offense got a little bit stagnant. Uh, and he also did hit the, the biggest three of the night. It was an absolutely awesome shot. Um, and it was it was clutch. He's got the clutch gene. And you know, he's just strong, man. And, and we've spoken about yep. that a million times times you, you look at the, uh, the the stat line and it's not going to jump off the paper seven points five uh, rebounds had a had a steal had a dime uh, three or four from the field one or two from three in 24 minutes he's going to be one of if not the most important bench player for the Brooklyn Nets yeah and you mentioned it Jack the strength and we talked about it with James Harden and that kind of allows you to be a little bit more switchable because guys can't really muscle Bruce Brown as much obviously he's not going to hold down Vucevic but he at least can throw a body at him and he's not going to get completely just taken over so it's going to be interesting how Steve Nash manages that clutch lineup especially when Kyrie's back and what they go with they go with the size they go with the speed or they go with the offense there's a there's a lot of different options it's funny is like we talked about how the Nets you know lost some depth in trading Karis Avert and Jared Allen and Torian Prince and Rodions and before we continue uh we do have to talk about Karis Levert, and i think it's important to do it at this exact moment just because of how sad and serious it is obviously he uh had a physical when he was traded to the rockets and to the indiana pacers and they found a mass on his kidney which doesn't necessarily mean the end of the world or anything like that but it's not necessarily a positive sign either and we love Karis Levert, and we wish him the best and hope he has a speedy recovery and he's back in the court this season 
Yeah, um, thank. There's a lot of reasons to be thankful, Nick, and uh, in in part, I'm thankful for the fact that he had that MRI and the fact yep. that he was traded. You know, I, I'd love to have Karis Levert in the Brooklyn Nets. There's no doubt about that. But the the timing, you know, it's almost it, this worked out well for his health, and and hopefully, it's just a small issue, um, and it's just a guy that can't catch a break. You know, Karis yeah. is just an amazing person, an amazingly talented basketballer, and he just keeps getting things things thrown his way. Um, and if there's a guy who has more resilience uh, and a better attitude to get back out there, then I ain't going to doubt Karis uh, in any sort of stretch of the imagination. And so massive shout-outs, thoughts, prayers uh, to him, um, and shout-out to the Indiana Pacers for doing their due diligence, yep. um, and the Brooklyn Nets as well. Uh, I believe Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out that they were going to be providing $2.6 million uh, in extra compensation because there was a lot of like toing and froing. You know, as I woke up, it's just like, you know, is James Harden going to be able to play? Is Karis Levert going to be cleared uh, for his physicals? And, you know, this was the reason why a lot of people were tweeting out some pretty uh, insensitive stuff. But uh, as this news came out, I think that the Nets Twitter community and the Nets community in general came together. And we're, we're hoping uh, all the best for Karis Levert. And uh, I'm, I'm, my fingers, toes, and every part of my body is crossed that he's going to get back to, to the all-star level Karis Levert that we know and love. And uh, it seems to me that if it, Indiana are a great organization as well, I think he's in really good hands. Yeah, 100%. And like you said, Jack, he's in our prayers and uh, we wish him the best and hope everything goes, you know, smooth as possible. And he's back in the court, you know, dropping 30 points a game, whatever it is. But um, moving back to the game, you want to talk a little bit more about Kevin Durant? Highest scoring game as a net, 42 points, 16 to 26. Uh, You mentioned it, Jack. He looked a little rusty early on in that second half. He just went on a stretch where he was in God mode. I don't understand Kevin Durant as he is an alien. Yeah. Like he, he is not a human being. Mere mortals cannot do what he does on the basketball court. He, they can't cross up dudes and go down the lane for a dunk. They can't hit pull up threes like it's no one else's business. I, I don't don't understand how he does it, and I I, I I marvel every single time he hits it. And you know, similar to Iron Eagle and Sarah Kustak, I expect every single shot yeah. to go in. Like if he is if he's shooting less than 55, 60% from the field, it is a bad night for Kevin Durant. And this is a guy that's coming off a torn Achilles. And again, it's still what about that dunk, Jack. That dunk that, where he just like sprung through the lane. He looked explosive as ever. That dunk was me the highlight of the night, Nick, other than the Bruce Brown three. Um, <laughs> and maybe the James Harden year and some of his outlet passing. Uh, again, we're, we are spoiled for choice when it comes to, to highlights of the Brooklyn Nets. But Kevin Durant is just feeling himself. And as I alluded to earlier, the addition of James Harden and the passing acumen that he has and the knowledge of he has of, of Kevin Durant already, you know, on and off the court, they are going to feed off each other like it's no one else's business. And you add in Kyrie Irving as well, who I assume is going to be incredibly motivated to succeed with these two um, as, as a team, not just as individuals. Then it, it's only onwards and upwards. And this is Kevin Durant. Durant is after 14 games. 14 games is playing this level. It is, it's, uh, it's insane to see. Yeah, and I think with James Harden, like you said, Jack, you mentioned a uh, hundred times already that he's going to make life easier for KD. But I think it's also going to be better for the Nets because KD is going to be able to spend more energy in other aspects of the game that the Nets might need help. You know, be it defense, be it rebounding, or whatever it might be. Now that he doesn't have to literally do everything offensively, which we saw him have to do in a couple games this year without Kyrie Irving being able to rely on James Harden to set him up, I think it's just going to be great. And just one quick point too with the KD James Harden chemistry is something that we've wanted to see a lot this year has been Kyrie. 
Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant ball screens, you know, pick and pop, pick and roll, whatever it might be. We saw plenty of that already with uh, James Harden and Kevin Durant in this game. There was a stretch in the game where they ran it a few times. And I think James Harden's understanding of the pick and roll and pick and pop and how to read defenders and playoff leverage. And now he has arguably the most talented player in the league on his team right now. That's going to be one of the most impossible actions to stop in the entire NBA. Yeah, in, it's weird to say, but he might or have better chemistry with James Harden than he's shown with Kyrie Irving in the latter points of, of games earlier in the season because Kyrie can go a bit ISO mode and yep. you know he's, he's incredible when he does it, but James Harden is a, a more natural and gifted passer yep. and more willing to do so. And it seems to me that you know that's the when Taylor Rooks asked the incredible question uh, during the, the, the Zoom conference, that was sort of what the impetus that he sort of said. And that was the key takeaway that I took from it. I'm like, James Harden's going to be playing point guard and he's going to average like 10 assists for the rest of the year. I'm not going to be surprised if that is the case. And he he's going to be a more assists, Jack. <laughs> I mean, he, he had 14 tonight. So he certainly set the standard. He only has to get six uh, next game after uh, that trend to continue. But yeah, I think that he his presence and the Nets were, were searching for that in, in, in some respects. You know, the, the loss of Spencer Dinwiddie, the loss of Karis LeVert, those were probably our two best facilitators on the floor uh, and their ability to find open guys and, and, and attack and penetrate and just find guys in, in, in good spots. You know, James Harden does it as good as any other player in the game. So it's um it's insane. And one shot that I know you've mentioned before, Nick, is yep. when he sort of drives and he hits that leaner off the glass with his right hand. Earlier in the season, first five games or so, that was off. Yep. And he hit that one tonight. And I thought of you as I saw it, and I had to mention it to you. And it just seems to me that he is in a groove. Yeah, I mean, he's getting his full bag back. You know, that's a shot that he can make, and it's just literally just almost impossible to defend given his height. It just, it's just kind of crazy. It reminds me of, I know you're not that familiar with the NFL, Jack, but a lot of our listeners are, of a back shoulder catch between a, a quarterback and a wide receiver because the defender can be in the most amazing position, but the way he steps back and he uses the wrong hand as he's going left, it's just impossible to defend. You know what I mean? Unless you're like God's gift in terms of athletes. Maybe there's a few guys in terms of like Giannis or Anthony Davis that could even contest it. But with KD's length, it's just insane. Yeah, it truly is. And, you know, he, he just he's shooting over everyone. He, you know, he wants to he shoot over He doesn't respect everyone. any just... defender in the NBA, I don't think. Like he looks at them sometimes, I feel like, and he's like, eh, they ain't contesting shit. <laughs> Yeah, and lucky. It's almost like sometimes he wants to contest because he wants yeah. the, the highlights to look a little bit better. Um, you know, he is, like you said, he's in his bag and his confidence is only continuing to grow. And uh, again, two steals and two blocks for him tonight, Nick. And there was one really, really good one off a, a pretty poor offensive play. And he gets back and he, he I think he stuffed, oh, he didn't stuff, but he, he blocked Aaron Gordon. And yep. I, I thought that that was something. And I'm like, all right, Katie is, is becoming the best version of Kevin Durant. He's probably our most important defender on the roster right now and I think he's going to lead the season in blocks for, for the team with the uh, the loss of Jared Allen yeah the way that uh, DeAndre's wearing his Tim's I don't think he can get up for the blocks anymore so uh, it seems like KD could uh, lead in that department for sure Jack but let's talk Joe Harris a little bit I thought you know one thing that stuck out instantly was just the amount of attention that Kevin Durant and James Harden was or they were getting and it just led to literally wide open looks for Joe Harris and we've talked about it you know Joe Harris shoots a lot of wide open shots in general but to the degree in how wide open he was I can't recall many times of that happening not be at a fast break or like off an offensive rebound 
17 points, 6 of 11 from the field, 5 boards, 4 of 9 from 3, did hit a free throw as well. Joe Harris is, uh, Zach Harper put it out there of the Athletic, you know, it's good to see that they've paired James Harden alongside the two superstars of the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant and Joe <laughs> Harris, and it's it's insane how how efficient he's going to be for the rest of the season. Now, our guy Nolan Jensen of Nets Republic, you know, Joe Harris is on a bargain contract right now. I can't remember a game this season where Joe Harris has had 12 points or less, yeah, and, and on less than 50% efficiency. And, you know, nine threes. That's what I like as well from him. You know, he's uh, James Harden sets the, the standard there. He wasn't as efficient, three of ten from there. Uh, Kevin Durant, five of eight, one of his better uh, three-point shooting nights. Uh, I think the, the Nets are going to be absolutely dynamic from three. And, and as a team, you know, they were a bit off early, but they finished the night 45 over 45%, 16 of 35 from the perimeter. And Joe Harris is, it doesn't matter if he's rolled an ankle, he's hitting threes in his sleep. Yeah, are you worried a little bit about that ankle, Jack? Do you think he'll miss a game or two, or he'll be back to it? I know sometimes you sprain your ankle and you can go back in the game because it's still fresh and it hasn't swelled yet, but then usually the next day you'll get hit with the swelling. Yeah, I mean, the, thankfully, the Nets have a couple of days off uh, yep. until their next matchup with the Bucks on, on MLK Day. Um, and, uh, I mean, he, he came out there and the first play was him hitting a three. Yeah, seven uh, seconds, uh, I think, get back in the game. It was insane, and and I think that Joe Harris is tough. Like yep. he is tough, tough, tough. And I and I think a lot of people, when they see the prototype of, of shooters, the Kyle Korver, the Duncan Robertson, the JJ Reddicks, that these sort of slight white guys that don't like contact and and don't have the grittiness and toughness, and some of them do. I think JJ Reddick is underrated in that respect, and Joe Harris, I think, has that about him. You know, he wants the physicality. He wants to bump into you as he's hitting those layups. He wants to finish around the rim. You know, he wants all the shots. He wants all the smoke, and uh, whether it's uh, with the, the headband or without the headband, trimming that haircut, it's floppy and bouncy as hell. Joe Harris is going to have an incredible season for the Brooklyn Nets, and tonight's performance is just a little bit of a taster. Yeah, 100%. And I also thought Joe did a solid job defensively, and a lot of times he was not getting the help that he's used to having. You know, I don't know if it was an adjustment from the Nets having DeAndre stick to the three-point line a little bit more, but typically on a lot of those plays, Joe Harris is extremely good at kind of funneling the offensive player to the shot blocker. And it just turned out a couple times there wasn't a shot blocker there. And I know a lot of people. DJ's an idiot. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I don't, like I said, I don't know if it was an adjustment for DJ having to stay out on Vucevic because he was knocking down so many threes. So I think somebody else was supposed to step up in that situation. That's where some of the, the chemistry and some of the scheme needs to get fixed up. Yeah. I mean, the, the nets don't have good rim protection. Like they don't like Jared Allen is gone. Um, And even with Jared Allen, they were sometimes iffy in that department. So I think that with DeAndre Jordan, who was bad uh, again, um, uh, and the only starter who was negative in plus minus, I have no idea how that is even possible. I wonder how many times a center has played with James Harden for more than 20 minutes and hasn't logged one field goal. And then when he's like their main pick and roll partner. It's, it's truly insane. Like, it, he had lobs, he had pick-and-roll passes, and he just let it go. He didn't get up, and it was just like, DJ's washed, and uh, we need Dwayne Dedman. We need someone else. We need someone else to fill in. Nick Claxton to speed up that recovery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, February can't come soon enough. Uh, apparently, Steve Nash gave us the update there, so whoever asked the question, uh, thank you. But, yeah, February apparently is the date, and Spencer did when he's tagging him on Twitter um, as well, which is uh, nice and subtle, and, and I'm loving that. So, look. I don't think Nick. Cla- I think the Nets do need another center. Yeah, you know, they still have uh, positions on this roster to fill out two or three of them, and Dwayne Dedman needs to be. Uh, I mean, he's always throwing the the phone call signal towards the Brooklyn Nets whenever he plays against oh. us. 
I'll throw another name out there for you too, Jack. And this is a guy that could be traded for uh, with the disabled player exception because his contract's only $5 million and he's on an expiring deal. And that's Rashawn Holmes of the Sacramento Kings. I don't know if the Kings are looking to sell house or anything, but there's a possibility they could look to grab another pick or another guy we've kind of mentioned before would maybe be JaVale McGee. Yeah, I think either of those guys, JaVale McGee is a proven champion. And I think he is basically... What DeAndre Jordan we want and need him to do, yep. you know, Javale McGee in, in, in sort of like the the fifteen to eighteen spot minutes out there, and then when it really matters, we can do some small ball. And at times, Javale McGee can play against Anthony Davis or or whatever. And he's he's shown some nice spryness, and uh, I'm really enjoying that, especially the fact that the Cleveland Cavaliers have about eight million centers now, and uh, one of them is uh, the glorious fro man Jared Allen as well. Thanks, Larry Nance, as well for the quote tweet. You know, and, yeah, and, and thank you for taking care of uh, our dude Jared Allen because. Um, we love him, and it's still very, very strange seeing him in that that maroon. But yeah, the Nets need to send a Nick, and uh, DJ ain't going to get it done. And as you know, Reggie Perry's serviceable enough for, for 13 minutes or so, but you know he, he's not going to be able to to be out there in key minutes either. So uh, the right Nets now, best be- center is Jeff Green. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. Well, Kevin Durant might be our oh, yeah. center. You can make an argument for either of those two. So it is a center, a position of weakness and a position that needs to be filled in. And Sean Marks is going to have to do some form of due diligence, get on the phones uh, a little bit again. And we need uh, we need some help there. It's as simple as that. Yeah, 100%, obviously, moving forward. Nets have plenty of time to figure that out. But, Jack, what do you want to talk about next? Look, I thought, Nick, it, it, just going through the bench overall, uh, the TLC and Landry Shammer, who stuck out to you more? Uh, it's tough to say. I mean, I thought both guys are pretty solid. You know, I think Landry Shammer's going to get some more threes, obviously. You know, neither guy put up a necessarily like a giant game, but, you know, I thought both guys were solid. Like I mentioned, I, haven't, I wasn't as locked in probably on these guys than I was in, on James Harden and Kevin Durant. Yeah, definitely. I think Landry Shamet of late, I think it was Chris Mulholland put out there that in the first couple of games of the season, he was shooting like 30% from three. And, and over the past seven or five to seven games, he shot 40% from there. You know, he hit one Love of them it. tonight, the first one. Um, and, I, and I think he is going to continue to round himself into form. And I think he's going to have a, a level of capability and importance to this team. He still gets absolutely cooked defensively um, just because of his lack of size. It's just basically... Yeah, I was going to say, he's just not a very big guy. You know what I mean? He doesn't have elite speed or athleticism either. So it's really tougher. He I, Sometimes I feel like he's, he plays like solid fundamental defense, but he just really lacks tools. Yeah, and he gets found out because he gets funneled into you know post positions and you know Kemba yep. Burt and Vucevic or whatever they just cook him, and that's happened to him a couple of times this season. So I think that's on the Nets to show a little bit more intelligence and get Landry Shamed in better spots. I would like to see the Nets play a little bit of zone just to experiment. I thought the same thing, Jack. Yeah, I don't know why it hasn't been implemented at all. And, you know, I think, you know, I'll get on the f- the phone to my fellow Jacques and Jacques Vaughn um, and tell him, you know, the, the zone, you, you did it before uh, in, in the bubble. Let's let's give it a go and, and experiment with it in, in regular games. And um, I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see because right now it just ain't working. Uh, the defense is still not there. You know, there's there's glimpses of it, but the Nets are just giving up. They're, they're leaking way too easily in a lot of respects, whether that's from the perimeter and to, to certain guys or whether it's just, you know, under the basket in, in the paint. There's a lot of work to do uh, defensively, and um, we'll see how it goes. Do you think that they're not trying other schemes at the moment because they're trying to not perfect it, but get this scheme up to a suitable level so it's an option for them to run? And then when they feel more comfortable with this, they might start experiment, experimenting with other defenses? 
Yeah, possibly. I mean, that, that's a question. That's a a, a, a possible answer to, to to the question on the defensive end. Um, and look, you know, you, you keep going with it and going with it and going with it, and and sometimes it's just like, all right, maybe we go with something else for a little bit, yeah. and then re-engage with the other side of it, um, because the Nets are quite easy to score against right now. Um, if you have DeAndre Jordan as your starting center uh, and and a rookie and Reggie Perry as your backup center, you know they're going to be a, they're going to attack the paint. They're going to really try and get there, and against teams that are are really good at getting into, say, like the Orlando Magic or a world-beating team at, at driving and, and yeah, punishing. Yeah, their offense is somewhat rough in general, right? Exactly, and, that, and we gave up 115 points to them. So I think that it's the Nets' offense is going to be fine. You know, They're going to score 120 points probably every single game this season, no matter who it's against. It's just like, how are you going to give up in return? Is it going to be 100 or is it going to be 115? Yeah, I agree, Jack. I think defense is going to be huge. And to your point, too, I think... I, I, under, I would understand the mindset of trying to perfect this scheme, but I would also think, like, why not just try it for a quarter or something? It's not like you need to run it the entire time. And I know a lot of people are like, well, people don't play zone in the playoffs. Well, Miami Heat did last year, and it got them yep. all the way to the finals. You know what I mean? And the Nets don't need to play necessarily, like, the most elite-level defense all the time because their offense is so good. They just need to make things somewhat difficult for the other team instead of, like you said, Jack, having so many holes on the perimeter and the paint or whatever it might be, giving up the easy buckets. Like, just play competent defense, and you're going to probably win win the game. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a massive test in MLK Day against one of the two or three best teams in the league in the Milwaukee Bucks, a team that... You know, Giannis feasts in the paint. If you force him out of the paint, then you're going to do a good job to getting the W. And, you know, same with Drew Holiday. You know, he looks good when he's attacking. You know, Chris Middleton can hit shots from anywhere. He's probably their best shot maker. But it's going to be a massive test. And if Kyrie returns as well, it certainly does help. But, yeah, the defense is going to have to be certainly on to to go up against one of the, the best teams in the NBA in the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, it should be a good test early on, you know, going against that team. Like you said, Jack, it'll be interesting if Kyrie plays, even if he doesn't. Obviously, the Nets have proven, you know, they have elite talent and Kevin Durant and James Harden. They could probably still get the W. It's really going to be more so about the defense and that center play. Like if I mean, Jack, do you have any hope in DeAndre like playing himself in the shape by midway through the season, kind of like he did last year or losing weight conditioning? Or do you think that he just might be done uh no uh it, it's just it, it's not happening nick uh, like it's just, we, we get a glimpse of it against the knicks and i'm like i don't think this is going to happen very often because it's against his former team he's re-engaged he gets that starting spot again and now he's just settled like what does he have to play for like at, yeah. at this point in time he's got his money he's playing with his friends and and and, and right now he's settled there, there is no impetus for him to perform better um, and you know Jared Allen usurped him in the starting rotation and then it's just like alright well I know Jared Allen's better than me now I'm, I'm, there's nothing for me to sort of I'm not going to get that starting spot back I don't know whether it's a physical thing or a mental thing with DeAndre but uh, right now he is a backup center at best and we're, we're, we're starting him and I put it out on Twitter that he could be the reason the Brooklyn Nets don't win the championship this year it, it might be a bit hyperbolic to say but I'm certainly worried about the, the rim protection the defense and DeAndre Jordan is a huge reason and why that is an issue. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it feels like if Jared Allen was still on this team, the Nets would be the favorites to win it all. Like, that's yep. how, that how much better Jared Allen is than DeAndre Jordan. So, like I said, maybe, you know, Sean Marks would pull something off, make a trade. I thought Holmes is playing really well. Not to say that he's, like, super switchy, but I think he's a little, little bit more athletic and has more of a similar game to Jared Allen than maybe even JaVale McGee and Dwayne Dedman. So that's just, like, an option I would consider. But still plenty of time. Any other players you want to talk about, Jack? 
Look, I thought TLC was serviceable. You know, yeah. I thought that he, his closing out on three-point shooters was much better. He was much smarter at that, even though they did make a couple of those shots. Um, I, I think Reggie Perry was, was solid enough, yeah. especially in, in, uh, alongside James Harden in the second half. I thought he was, you know, up and down. And, you know, he can get so much more than DJ. <laughs> He does, and like he might not have the height and the athleticism, the verticality that that DJ has, but DJ doesn't even show that half the time. And yeah, Bruce Brown, uh, as we mentioned, you know, he was awesome, though he was a bit foul prone early on. And I just think because he's just a big dude that yeah, you know, people just bump into him and it looks like he's giving away a foul. And sometimes it's not necessarily there, but you know, a decent enough performance overall, Nick. Um, there's going to be improvements that need to be made. You know, Kyrie Irving's coming back. There's still uh, a lot of question marks about the Brooklyn Nets, and a lot of those questions. Are valid and you know Kyrie Irving isn't necessarily going to solve them. He's only going to enhance the strength that is already there. Uh, but Sean Marks has some work to do behind the scenes, and the Nets have some work to do on the court. I think Steve Nash is doing some good things with his rotations and and, and what he's doing out there with the second units and trying to utilize the best talent of the guys in his roster. I think it's up to the players to be able to execute defensively. And at times, you know, like we mentioned, you know, a bit of zone there, a bit of drop here or there, uh, trying to experiment and trying to execute in, in other realms too. Yeah, and just kind of confuse the offense sometimes. It's funny, Jack. Like, usually stats we're looking at for, for the Nets during games and we're complaining or saying the reason they lost is turnovers. Nets lost turnovers 19 to 12. Second chance points, they lost 16 to 4. And they still came away with a seven-point victory. Obviously, shooting at an extremely high level do that for you. 53% from the field, 45% from three. I mean, it's just kind of incredible how talented this team is and how many ways they can win. And even if the other team plays really, really well, which Orlando had their best offensive game of the season probably, and they still lost. Yeah, basically. Um, shout out to as well the the referee with the, the silky, sultry tones, even though we are not the New Jersey Nets. Uh, that dude has a sexy as a voice. Yeah, I think like he was like auditioning or something. <laughs> The, the Brooklyn Nets, and it was a hard foul. Um, I, no, it I was, thought uh, it was like an announcer, because at first I was like, I told you I was a little multitasking tonight, so I wasn't looking exactly at the screen. I heard him talking. I thought like there was another announcer in the arena, and it was the ref. Hey, the, the dude sounded sexy. Uh, he, I mean, if he wants to jump on the Brooklyn buzz and, you know, maybe do some uh, sponsor announcements for us or whatever, or ad reads for us, uh, yeah, let, let, let's get his number. Yeah, I'm down for it. I mean, or just get an interview because I'd be intrigued to hear what a ref has to say, especially about officiating a guy like James Harden who had 15 free throws. And just one quick point, Jack, we brought this up a little bit on some of the James Harden reaction stuff. I thought the Nets have the opportunity to get in the bonus extremely early. It didn't happen the entire game, but in the first quarter, I think they got into the bonus at the 731 mark. Yeah, I think they did it as well in the third. I can't remember, but there was another quarter where just James Harden's just like, you know what? I'm just going to drive in here and throw my arms up, and I know how to create contact. And uh, it's fine when it's, it's like not showing the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. And his hands are so strong. Swipe at it all you want. You're not getting it, and you're just going to give me a free throw. Yeah, uh, Trey Young has a couple of things to learn, especially when his mentor is calling him out and he's playing like trash again. So uh, James Harden. Uh, sorry, I'm just throwing shade because uh, it, it's a bit sunny here in, in Melbourne, Australia right now. <laughs> James, Harden, <laughs> James Harden is uh, the king of it. Um, the, it's frustrating when you're on the opposing end, but when he's doing it for you, um, he is one of the great free throw shooters and one of the great offensive players uh, when it comes to uh, creating contact, creating threes, creating for others. James Harden is a marvel. Jack, any final takeaways about this game or how it maybe made you makes you feel about the trade or anything moving forward? Again, only one game sample size, but any takeaways you think that are permanent? 
Oh, I mean, James Harden is incredible, and people were questioning his ability to play within a system. Um, and he's a, he's an awesome basketballer. You know, there's it's, there's not going to be a heliocentric Houston Rockets style of play uh, under James Harden. He's going to have many many assists, and he's also going to create some setback threes here and there. And he's going to get to the line. You know, he can still bring the strengths that he has offensively in creating shots for himself, while also being an amazing passer and creating transition looks. And I think that offensively what the Nets do love is getting out in transition and getting downhill and James Harden is only going to increase that strength yeah I think 22 fast break points tonight so getting up there I mean I think that's that was the biggest positive from tonight I didn't really have a big concern of it given his relationship with Kevin Durant and the fact that he says he wants to win and all these things and obviously being the situation we talked about all the pressure being on him but the fit was better than I could have envisioned for the first game obviously Kyrie wasn't there and we don't know how it's going to be and how many touches Kyrie's going to want or handling the ball or whatever it is but it feels like James Harden has the opportunity to really fit in almost perfectly with his team and give us an all-time offense that you know is going to be historical it's gonna be crazy yep just sitting here and enjoying it jack always a pleasure big thanks everybody for listening and i'll just throw this out there go pack go this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.